0: Thanks for checking out this podcast. I hope today's conversation inspires you and builds your faith for the moment you are in right now. Know that God's love for you truly changes everything. Enjoy the message. Well, has someone ever given you a piece of advice that you ignored, and then it turned out that they were actually right? Someone ever given you advice that you ignored, and then it turned out that they were actually right? For me... For me and my story, uh, it was buying stock in MoviePass. Now, a lot of you don't necessarily know or remember MoviePass, and for reasons that will become abundantly clear, that's probably wise. MoviePass was a big app back in 2012, and it was taking the world by storm because you could pay 10 bucks a month and then go see as many movies in the movie theater as you wanted. And the cool thing was, is that they'd give you this card, this is the MoviePass card, and you would just put in the app which movie you were going to see, you're going to the Trinity uh, movie theater, you're going to wherever you're going, they would preload the debit card with the amount you needed to buy the ticket, you buy the movie ticket, you go to the movies. Subscription service, 10 bucks a month. Every financial advisor will tell you, do not buy individual stocks, especially in companies that you know nothing about. But I did it anyway. And, and, I, and I did know a few things about the company. I mean, and you kind of can gather together just from even a little bit of information. Even though it was the hottest app out there, it was disruptive. They were writing about it in Business Weekly. It, unfortunately, was pretty clear to most that if you pay 10 bucks a month and then you go to see a movie and the movie cost $15 to see, then MoviePass was losing money from the very start. If you took advantage of their service, they were automatically out money. If you went to two movies a month, it was even worse, of course. And and if you went on limited times, it was terrible. So I lost it all. (laughs) Actually, let me clarify. Um, My kids lost it all because it was actually in their college fund that I invested this. uh, But it was just a little bit. It was okay. They're going to be okay. Don't worry. They're going to be okay. But it was a great reminder that sometimes when people give you advice and they know better, it's worth following along with the advice and with the advisors. Now, your story might be a little bit different. For you, your story might actually be that your ignored advice, maybe maybe it cost you, but it was something a little bit different. Maybe for you, it, it was money on a purchase itself. Like you bought something, but somebody told you like... Don't put that much on a loan. Like You're not going to want to put that much on a loan. That's a little bit too much to pay for that particular thing. And yet you just completely gave up on their advice. You went for it anyways. And now you're underwater on an item that maybe you don't even have anymore. Maybe for you, your advice, the uh, lost advice, the ignored advice, maybe it cost you time on a project. They told you, take your time, measure twice, cut once. But you just think, ah, no, I'm going to cut a corner here, and then I'm going to cut another corner here, and then you have to go back and gather up all the corners and try and find out how you can reattach them because you weren't supposed to cut the corners, right? And so time is something that maybe cost you. Maybe for you, it was a headache on a person. Like your mama said, stay away from the bad boy. But did you Listen. No. And then you had the heartache and you had somebody that would advise you and they had kind of told you, no, the way to do it is going to be differently, but you thought you knew better. And then you experienced heartache on a person. Maybe for you is regret about a decision. Because here's the thing I know about you. I don't know you super well, but I know this much that your greatest regret in your life is probably a decision that you knew going in had the possibility of being a bad one. Somebody probably warned you. You kind of knew instinctively, but you went for it anyways, and now you live with this regret on this decision. Now, the fascinating thing is that that we have these advisors, we have these people that give advice, we have these people in our lives that speak in and and help direct us, and we can't listen to all of them, certainly, and some of them cost a lot of money if we want to actually have them speak into our life, we have to pay them a sum of money. But, But if you think about your life, truthfully, you have all sorts of different parts of it that are enormously affected by the people that have spoken in, and giving you advice, even just to the minute kind of things. Minute kind of things like making coffee. The way that you make coffee was probably taught to you by somebody and then you kind of followed in their way of making coffee and that's how you make coffee. Maybe for you, it's, it's you know, how you cook a turkey. I have no idea how you cook a turkey. But if you know how to cook a turkey, somebody taught you and you figured it out and you can teach me your ways and I will cook a turkey your way and forever after that's how I'll do it. Maybe it's how you ride a bike. You had a, uh, somebody that gave you advice and they showed you how to do it as a kid. Uh, maybe it's an adult I don't know, but that you learned a specific way. Somebody taught you the way, and you followed the way, and then that's the advice, and it was helpful. Maybe for you, it was, it was how you exercise, a particular routine that you take up. You, you saw an, an Instagram influencer, and they had a particular way to exercise, and then, so for you, you thought, my gosh, it seems like they know what's going on. I mean, look at their biceps, and so then you follow the path of this exercise person, and, and that's the way that you go about it, right? And maybe for you, it's uh, how you swing a hammer. It's something different, and, and you know you learned how to work with tools from somebody, and if you think about even just that story, there's so much attached to it, because it was a person that showed you the way and now that way is the way that you walk in. Well, the interesting thing about advisors, and as we think about even what we're doing gathered here today, is that for thousands of years, people have gathered in churches. This is, of course, a church. People have gathered in churches. Sometimes it's buildings, sometimes it's just groups of people. Sometimes it's, it's in homes. Sometimes it's huddled around at a campfire. But people gather as the church for thousands of years. And one of the primary reasons that people gather is to learn and discover the way of Jesus, this historical figure that unpacked a different way of being for people and invited folks to come along for the ride. And and that may not be your reason for being in church today, but you just should know that one of the primary reasons that we gather together is that we want to be able to unpack who this historical figure, this Jesus character really is and was and what it means to follow in his way in his steps, as he leads, as he guides. You know, he's this fascinating person that that was able to predict his death, his burial, his resurrection. He pulled it off. And so for thousands of years, millions, billions of people gathered together to understand what does it mean to follow in the way of this person? Now, for the next little bit for today and then for the next uh, number of months throughout the summer, this is gonna actually be our teaching series. So here at Moncton Wesleyan, we like to teach in series. We bulk together a bunch of different topics and different messages into one overarching topic. And so for the summer, we're doing this series called Jesus Is. You've seen some of the branding for it and the idea is that we'll have different communicators and the different communicators will be able to unpack who Jesus is. So by all means, it would be great for you to, to, to walk along the ride with us and discover a little bit of who Jesus is. And, and, and no matter what your story is, no matter what your journey is, I think it's worth unpacking who this particular person was and is because I think the way of Jesus I mean, of course, I personally think the way of Jesus is the best way. But as we're going to discover throughout the summer, there's a lot of nuances to that. And the truth is is that there's lots of reasons why you might be here today, and that's totally fine. Like, your journey to this place right now, honestly, could be a little bit different. The reason that you're here in church today simply could be that um, this is a routine that brings you peace. You know, you've heard, obviously, Jesus, you come fairly often, this is, you sit in the seat... But for you, this journey of being a part of this place is is more about the routine and the ritual of it all. And to you, I would say, what if for the next couple of months and for today, you really think about this Jesus person and let it actually seep right into the routine and kind of break up what you're typically about when you gather together here. For for some of you, it might be a little bit different. It may not be about the routine. It may be a, a way to score free lunch with grandma. And we're glad that you're here and we're glad that grandma offers you free lunch. In fact, I think it's great. You should offer free lunches to anybody that will come to church with you. It's a worthwhile investment. Uh, maybe your story for being here is actually it's just a chance to impress the cute guy or girl and they're sitting next to you and so far it's working. So congratulations. Good, good choice. Uh, maybe for you, it's a commitment to honor someone. Or maybe for you, it's actually a response to an invitation. Whatever the reason that you've gathered here today, Whatever the reason is, we're going to take a look and unpack this person of Jesus and who he is, and I hope that your time will be redeemed really well, that you will consider this to be valuable, because no matter where you are in your journey, no matter if you believe in this person as real, or you are on shore, or maybe you've committed to him your entire life, we hope that when we gather together and unpack the person of Jesus and dig into who he is, that it would make a difference in all of our lives. So, for today, the statement that we're going to look at is that Jesus is the good shepherd. Jesus is the good shepherd. Now, the reason why I can say Jesus is the good shepherd is because he actually said he was the good shepherd. If you go back and you look, John was one of Jesus' closest followers. He was one of the original 12 disciples and actually one of Jesus' like, favorite, favorite ones. And he wrote uh, different sections of our New Testament uh, scriptures. In particular, he wrote a biography on Jesus, and we call it the Gospel of John. And so John is writing specifically about Jesus, and he pens these words that Jesus spoke out loud. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, John 10, 11. Now, shepherds, of course, if, if you've tracked along a little bit or you kind of have heard a bit about this before, shepherds are typically the ones that are looking after sheep. But in this context, when John writes and when Jesus says he's the good shepherd, there's a different context in mind. It kind of lines up with this idea of advisors because shepherds were meant to actually be articulating what it meant to be a leader of people. And so, yeah, you could be a shepherd with sheep, and that's an actual role and a job. And I think still a job today. There are sheep in the world somewhere. Uh, And so I think Australia, New Zealand, I don't know. We'll look it up later. But there are sheep. But this shepherd, and Jesus saying he's a shepherd, he wasn't articulating an understanding about his relationship to sheep, but instead to, to people. He said he was a good shepherd, a good leader, and, and a shepherd is a little bit stronger than advisor. The way that we talked earlier, you know, advisors are a little bit at, at arm's length. You can make a mistake. Nobody was like really sad for me when I lost all that money on MoviePass. Again, not a lot of money, but, but they weren't really upset. They were just, they knew that this was the advice they gave, but a shepherd is like right in with the people. And a shepherd really cares deeply about what happens to the sheep, his people. And so there's a a more familiar kind of connotation that's going on when Jesus says he is the good shepherd. Now, I want to ask three questions about this particular statement that we read about in John's biography of Jesus. Two questions that I'm going to answer, so it's kind of helpful. I'll ask the question and I'll answer it. i know which ones are coming up. Uh, But then number three is going to be a question that you're going to answer and not publicly, but I want to actually pose to you. So here's the three questions. So you know, they're coming. Number one is what makes Jesus the good shepherd? So if you notice when he says, I am the good shepherd, it's not just, I am a good shepherd. Like lots of people, especially if you're uh, you know, not quite sure on who this Jesus character is, you kind of know he's a historical figure. He's a good teacher. You know, A lot of people would admit to that. And, and yet if he was a good teacher, surely he would have the self-confidence and the self-awareness to be able to say, I am a good shepherd that you could follow along with. But Jesus is a little bit more clear. He's a little bit more clean cut. He's a little bit more directive and definitive. He says he's the good shepherd. So question one is why is that? Number two is why does that actually matter? Why does that matter to us, but also why does that matter to his audience? Jesus is actually speaking to a group of people, and so the cool thing, at least the cool thing that I think is cool, about the scriptures is that you can unpack and understand about who Jesus was actually talking to and why that was significant in that particular day, because it was 2,000 years ago, and maybe there's something we can learn about the context. The third question, the one for you, is what do you think? What do you think... And that's the question I want to leave you with today, but not quite yet. First up, what makes Jesus the good shepherd? So he says, I am the good shepherd in John 10, 11. And then he actually kind of explains. So the, the, the verse actually gives you the details. He says, the good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. And this is an, uh, an explanation of what it means for Jesus to be the good shepherd. Not just a, but the And the commentators have written a lot about this particular uh, statement. In fact, I want to read to you uh, from a a particular commentator, Don Carson. Uh, He articulates this fairly well. He says that the words for the sheep suggest sacrifice, and obviously that's also in the verse. There's a sacrifice thing here. The assumption is that the sheep, which is actually us, remember this is the people. These aren't like real, real sheep. These are people. This is us, the people that Jesus was speaking to, the people that he was trying to lead. Us, the people, the sheep, are in mortal danger interesting, that in their defense, the shepherd loses his life, defending his life for us, the sheep, that by his death, they are saved, that because of his sacrifice, something changes for us. So it kind of begs the question, well, what is the mortal danger that we're in that requires this kind of sacrifice and this kind of savior? And I mean, that in and of itself is a massive question that we could spend all sorts of time Talking about, all sorts of time talking about, but I think the, the fascinating thing for us today is that for, for you and for, for me, we spend so much of our lives unpacking what it means to be us, what our identity is, who are we supposed to be, and we take a lot of time trying to achieve the identity that we want for ourselves. This is the task that we use all, all the time in the world today. All the time, there are people who are trying to help you accomplish the identity that you have set out for yourself. Now, the unfortunate thing is, is, as you've discovered, is, is no matter what the identity is you have for yourself, you struggle to actually fulfill the commitments to that identity. You set out a goal to be this particular type of person and by your own standards, by your own standards, not my own standards, nobody's imposed these on you, but on your own standards, you can't live up to that identity. It happens all the time. I mean, the simplest example is, I believe that I'm a healthy, fit person until I go to McDonald's and the Grand Big Mac is out and I'm just telling you, They're not paying me, but it's worthwhile. So the idea is that you naturally find yourself at odds with the identity that you're trying to achieve yourself. Now the interesting thing, I think the interesting thing, is that this Jesus character, this good shepherd, has an identity for you and for me that we simply have to receive. There's no acting out. There's no action that we have to take, but instead that he will impart this identity. It's the only one that's received and not achieved. And that by that act of him giving that to us, it can transform us from the inside out and that his ways can become our ways and we can live the most flourishing life imaginable. But instead, most people spend their lives honestly in mortal danger because they spend their lives chasing after trying to achieve something that they never can quite get and all the while wishing they had the strength and the power to be able to accomplish it and what we discover from reading the scriptures is that all they needed to do is find the right advisor the right guide the right shepherd that could actually lead them to the right place And so, for you and wherever you're at in your journey and your story, I would advise you that this person of Jesus that is inviting folks to consider him the good shepherd, that he's the kind of person that you could follow in his way and actually see the things happen in your life that you so desperately, desperately want. So, what makes Jesus the good shepherd? He gives his life for the sheep. Why does that actually matter? Well, interestingly enough, again, I find this stuff interesting. I hope you do. But if you don't, I'm the one with the mic, so whatever. Uh, we're fine, though. I'm glad you're here. Uh, if you're not, anyways, we'll keep moving. So in the context of John the Gospel, as he's writing, John actually writes uh, seven particular things about Jesus, seven I am statements that Jesus has. And, and, and what happens is, is that they're, they're unique uh, characteristics of who Jesus is, but also, not just characteristics, but Jesus actually does something to back up the statement about who he is. And so there are these seven I am statements uh, parsed throughout the, the gospel account. And there's there, a few of them that are, are really, again, fairly interesting. One, and, and perhaps if you've, if you've read some of the scriptures before, you might have heard If you haven't, this may be new information. That's totally fine. Jesus says at one point, I am the bread of life uh, in a few different places, a few different times. Pastor Joel, our lead pastor, is actually going to preach on this next week, which is really fun. The cool thing, though, I think, is that Jesus says this, but doesn't just say it. He then backs it up by actually feeding five thousand people like out of hardly anything and then and then has this message about how you know here's food that will feed your 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 stomachs but I have bread that will actually satisfy you long term interesting okay he says I'm the light of the world but he doesn't just say that he actually heals somebody that was born blind this idea that I can give sight to blind people and let you see this world and yet there's a bigger thing I want you to see and so I'm going to be the light to light it up for you I'm the resurrection and the life, he says this to John. But then he actually proves he has power over death by raising Lazarus from the dead in the midst of this account. And so, so these uh, I am statements are, are, are unique and kind of special because they articulate a bit about Jesus, but they're inside of a context that he can, can, can give you under, be deeper understanding from. So, so what happens is, is he's saying, I am the good shepherd, but it's baked into this part of the gospel of John where they're actually they're celebrating Hanukkah, and there's all of these unique connections back to Hanukkah. Now. Hanukkah is a Jewish holiday, and all I knew about Hanukkah uh, growing up was what Adam Sandler taught me um, from his songs. And so, not like a lot of information. Uh, And feel free, you can Google it, it's kind of funny. But uh, I think it's appropriate. I hope it is. If not, you should not watch it. But Adam Sandler sings about Hanukkah, and and that's kind of it. Hanukkah, though, is this this really important celebration. Um, It's not one of the primary Jewish celebrations, but it's one of the big ones. And because it happens around Christmas time, at least in our culture, has become a big issue because it becomes kind of like the Jewish Christmas. That's the wrong way to say it. If you're Jewish, I apologize. But Hanukkah. And it, and it celebrates this dedication of the temple. But, but more than that, it was a time for the Jewish people to actually re- reflect. In fact, um, Gary Burge, who's a commentator on uh, all sorts of different parts of the scriptures, but in particular, John, he writes this about Hanukkah that kind of explains it. Um, it became a season that asked hard questions about failed leadership and false shepherds. Because for the nation of Israel, they had this incredible season of awful, awful shepherds. And and if you read throughout the Old Testament, there's all sorts of different examples of how they would use the shepherd language to describe their leaders. And so he says, how did the temple leadership lose its way during the Greek period? Where were the shepherds then? What must uh, shepherds do today? During the week when Jesus gave his good shepherd sermon, synagogues were reading prophetic critiques of leadership. And the Jewish history, again, is, is, is just marked with all sorts of awful leaders that were not there to lead the way well for the people. And, and in the midst of all of that, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And so this backdrop is, is likely them looking back at some of the Old Testament prophets. And there's this really, I think, a, a great parallel between uh, an Old Testament narrative in Ezekiel. Ezekiel was one of the prophets of, uh, in, in the nation of Israel. And he was articulating again a message from God about the leaders of their day. And I just want to read you a few of these paragraphs because it helps you understand what it means then for Jesus to say he is the good shepherd. So in Ezekiel 34, it says, then this message came to me, to Ezekiel, from the Lord, son of man, prophesy against the shepherds, the leaders of Israel. Prophesy them what? What sorrow awaits you shepherds who feed yourselves instead of your flocks? Shouldn't shepherds feed their sheep? I now consider these shepherds my enemies and I will hold them responsible for what happened to my flock. They're not going to get away. These shepherds are going to be responsible. And lastly, I will find my sheep, the people, and rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on that dark and cloudy day. You see, the story, the Christian story is one of God so desperately wanting his people to experience the life and the direction that he has for them. And when there were shepherds that would lead them astray, He was so angry that he would speak through these prophets and try to steer his people back to the right shepherds, try and steer the the shepherds back to the right path to the point that he sends Jesus to be the good shepherd, to pave the way and give the instructions so that all of us would be ultra clear what it means to follow in the steps that God would have for us. And that is through the way of Jesus. So I think it's interesting because even for us, we recognize that leaders today, and we've got lots of them as a part of our culture, leaders are always going to be fallible, difficult people that sometimes mess up and sometimes steer us in the wrong direction. That your advisors, the people that you've entrusted to parts of your life, and have actually shaped parts of your life around how people do things, they also are going to fail you, and, and it's disruptive and it's frustrating, I've spent a lot of my uh, adult years post high school like studying biographies and the ways that high performance like athletes and business leaders, how they operate because maybe if I could learn a bit about their ways that if their ways became my ways, I could become you know, an even better person. But time and time again, it's so fascinating to watch how even the sharpest people out there will fail us and they'll live lives that are disappointing. And the more we track with them, the more we realize that maybe their way isn't always the best way. And so here is Jesus offering the way as the good shepherd. And it leaves us with my last question, which is what do you think? What do you think about Jesus and his articulation that he's the good shepherd? Now, the interesting thing is that when Jesus said he was the good shepherd, there was actually a response from the crowd. And, and this is one of the f- fun parts, I think, of the, uh, of the New Testament, in particular, these gospel writers. If I was trying to create, and, and if you're kind of a skeptic here, you're, you're in good company, I'm glad that you're here. If you're skeptical about the New Testament and about, you know, Christian faith, uh, I would assume if I was going to create a religious myth, that I would bolster, like, my head figures, uh, you know, just bolster his, uh, you know, people's understanding of him, by. Right about how everybody loved him. But this is what John writes about, about this interaction. So Jesus says, you know, he's a good shepherd. He has a few other things he's saying. And then John writes, when Jesus said these things, the people were again, not the first time, but again, they were divided in their opinions about him. Again, they were divided in their opinions about him. And they said, they said, some of them, Said he's demon-possessed and out of his mind, why listen to a man like that? Why would you put that in your biography of the person that you want everybody to follow? And the answer is simple, it's because that's what people actually said. What do you think about Jesus? Some people think he was just demon-possessed. Others said, that doesn't sound like a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? They were a little bit more optimistic. Others said, that's a nice fairy tale meant for weak-minded people. Other people said, surely he was a good man, but it would be scientifically impossible for someone to raise themselves from the dead, so to deify this man is completely dangerous. Maybe other people said, Jesus is great. He's so great. I got a, I got a quote on my wall, and it's beautiful. It's cross-stitched. I keep them next to the emergency candles in my house, and I pull them out whenever I need something, or my parents come over so I can prove I'm still religious. Maybe some people said, everyone will think I'm interested in following him, but I just put on a good show. It's not actually all there in John, but it could be because that's the story of lots of people. Maybe that's your story. The question is, who do you say he is? Who do you say that Jesus is? What is he in your life? What is his way? And what is your way, and are there any kind of connection points? And, and it took me a while to realize this, but at some point in my journey, I clued in, and, and working with teenagers has kind of been helpful for this. So I've worked in, in youth ministry for, uh, for most of my career, for all of my career. And, uh, and, and so speaking about faith to teenagers especially, this truth became really, really helpful. And that's, that's this that's that you don't actually have to be a Christian to follow Jesus. You don't have to be a Christian to follow Jesus, What I mean by that is that you don't have to go all in to the Jesus story and commit your life to him and repent of your sins and and surrender your entire life to him in order to actually follow along a little bit and see what it's about. And the reason that I know that is that as he was preaching, as he was preaching to a room, a group of people... And telling the story about being the good shepherd, Jesus, we actually discover, we discover that some said he's demon-possessed and out of his mind. Why listen to a man like that? Those people were present for Jesus' messages. They tracked along. They were there for all sorts of reasons. They were there because it was a good routine. He was giving out free bread. Uh, He healed some people, so it was kind of interesting. There's a cute girl there. Like, who knows? People were following Jesus for all sorts of reasons. And so what I think I've kind of discovered is that there's a bit of a, uh, it's sometimes a process, it's not always a process for people, but, but there can be a bit of a process to this idea of following after Jesus. And for you, for you watching, maybe, maybe this is helpful because you're not quite sure. You're not ready to like go all the way in. But, you know, your guides have kind of messed up for you. The advisors that you've used haven't quite been the most helpful the identity you've been trying to achieve for yourself, you just keep letting yourself down and you wish somebody would speak up for yourself. And so here enters Jesus. And here's kind of the, here's kind of the process that, that maybe could be helpful. This is what I've seen. Sometimes people just have interest in Jesus. They're not ready to commit, but there's kind of an interest there. Now, some of you, maybe that's, you're not even interested. Again, you're here for other reasons. But, but for you, I might say, it could be worth just towing in a little bit asking a couple more questions, trying on this way that he has for us and just seeing how it works, how it works in your life. Because the truth is, is you can follow Jesus without being all in yet. But there does come a point, there does come a point where you do surrender to Jesus, where people repent of their sins and they give their life over to him. It's a decision that I made really young that people make all the time and it's a worthwhile decision because your life, your life will never be the same but that, that is different and you can start here before you get to here and then once you do that there is still an idea of living on mission with Jesus for the rest of your life that he will continue to refine you and call you to new things and impart new uh, goals and aspirations on you that he has for you and if you're not dead you're not done he has a life that he is wanting you to live in a way for you to walk in so as we wrap up here today, what I would like to actually do is, is draw your attention to a card that is in your um, seat pocket. If everybody would just pull it out right now, it'd be really, really helpful. Just kind of wave it at me when you get it. If everybody does it, it's not awkward. And if you don't do it, I'll call you out. Just kidding. I won't call you out. Uh, but at home, we've got a digital version. They're going to link it into the, um, the description there, into the chat. And if you're listening by podcast, uh, it's mw.church connect. So pull over, stop mowing the lawn, and you can take a look at that at any point. But uh, what this card is, is, is this connect card. It's one of the ways that we can stay connected with so many different people and different mediums that are connected to our church. Oftentimes what we do is there's a little box on the back that says, I've decided to follow Jesus today. Usually we use that box to mean that big idea of surrendering to Jesus. But today I want it to mean just something just a little bit different. I want it to mean for some of you, the idea that you might be interested in taking a little bit of a step towards him. That you might be interested in learning a little bit more of what it means to make Jesus' way your way. That you've got some interest in Jesus. And, and that's it. And so the goal here is not to, uh, to spam you with anything, but one of our pastors on our staff team, Pat, he would love to email you. Uh, and so what I would love for you to do is if, if it's time for you to take that step and just learn a little bit more, is to check that box, put your email, put your name, or just put your email, put, put your like, secret email that nobody knows it's you. Whatever you want to do, doesn't matter. We'll email that email. And on your way out, as they're connect, uh, collecting the registration cards, you can throw this one at the ushers as well. Uh, if you're online, you can fill that out. And I would love for a few people to recognize that, although you may not be ready to buy all the way in, it's time to maybe toe in just a bit and to learn a little bit more of what it means to follow Jesus. Now, for some of you, it is time for you to surrender your life to Jesus. And if that's the case, you need to find a close friend of yours that you know is a Christian. And after the service, after I'm done praying here, you need to find them and say, I got to surrender my life to Jesus. Let's do it today. Uh, do not wait. That's a great thing. And then for some of you, you know, maybe this has been your routine being a part of church for a long time, or maybe you're back at church after a while. And the truth is, is it's time for you to be a little bit more serious about following in this way of Jesus. And for you, I would say you don't have to f- Check this box, although you can if you want to find out what we're emailing people, but, but you've got to take some steps towards following Jesus and discovering what he has for you today, not what he was trying to do in your life 20 years ago, but what he's trying to do in your life today. So I'm going to pray. As I'm praying, most people's eyes are going to be closed. If you would take a pen, there's one right there. You can check the box. You can write your name You can on your computer do just that. We would love to have a conversation with you about what it means to make Jesus your shepherd and for you to try walking with him, even just for the summer. We would love to be a part of that. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, uh, it's a joy to be able to gather together and it's a joy to be able to to study your word and to learn a little bit more about who Jesus is. And we know that as the good shepherd, that you have a desperate, honest want and need to be in all of our lives and that you want to shape our past so that we can experience the incredible life that you have for us. And so God, for those that are skeptical in the room and are not quite sure, I pray that you would meet them even in supernatural ways today, that they would recognize that even in the midst of their skepticism, that there's something about this. There's something that's worth digging into and there's something that's worth exploring a little bit more. God, for those that have been a part of the Christian faith and yet have fallen a little bit stagnant with it all, I pray that there would be moments throughout this summer that you would show up in ways that they could not imagine. And yet you're going to be there so that they will live their life in your path, in your way, like they never have before. And to all of us, God, I pray that you would give us wisdom to know what it means to walk with you each and every day. And then Heavenly Father, give us the courage to do it. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about Moncton Wesleyan, we invite you to visit our website at MW.Church. We are here to help you with any questions you might have. See you next time.